Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's about two weeks out. We're recording these kind of ahead because I'm in New Zealand right now. But in real time, in a real world, I just got back from... Well, should I not start like that? No, that's fine. It's just in the real world. I mean, most people bank their episodes early. I will say it's commendable that you want it to be timely. I like it timely. It feels fresh. Like sometimes when I watch Frasier, I like to watch older ones because their phones look more like recent. (laughs) <laughs> when someone has a flip phone, I'm like, oh, there's no way I can relate. It's too old. <laughs> but I did just get back from a week in Japan doing USO shows. We went to the Yokota Air Force Base, Yokosuka uh, Naval Base, and then the Iwakuni Marine Base. And uh, very cool. Great to get to perform for those men and women. It was a gauntlet of a tour. Obviously, a drop in the bucket compared to actually serving in the military but it was a lot, very sweaty. Japan is awesome. It was very hot, like jungle hot. Uh, And then we had 24 hours in Tokyo and then went to Hawaii, which is fucking awesome. Uh, And did two incredible sold out shows to kick off the Hard Feelings tour. So Hawaii, would love to shoot a special there. You guys are amazing. And then uh, my flight got canceled (gasps) as I was walking off stage. I like checked my phone and it was like, your Delta flight's been canceled. Don't worry. We rebooked it for way later to a different city. (laughs) (gasps) No. So I grabbed the last seat I could on a United flight. Nobody's going to care when I say this, but it was coach. And sorry, I work really hard to fly first class, but I was like, whatever. I have to get home to my baby. Grab the coach seat. Life is fine. And I was like, oh, an exit row is available. The whole thing's available. That's amazing. Grab the exit row seat. As the plane is taking off, I realized this doesn't recline. And that's why it was available. So it was five hours, just upright. And because United strives to be hot garbage, when you watch a movie in flight, you can't tilt your phone horizontally. 
it stays small vertically. Are you sure that was not just something you were doing wrong? I don't know. Because I asked other people, they were like, yeah, but like other people seem to get it. But I'm like, cool. Can't wait to watch Babylon on a two by two screen. That's exactly how they intended us to watch it. I scrolled past Babylon on a plane because I was like, I shouldn't watch this on a plane. I'm going to watch this at my house. I would only watch it for Margot Robbie because I did see the Barbie movie. We're not allowed to talk about it because I'm not going to say anything other than 10 out of 10. Not allowed to endorse it. (laughs) Right, right, right. But I think we all know it's a 10 out of 10. Anyway, um, and they tried to get it banned in Florida because that state is ever striving to turn the hands of time backward. Yeah. (sighs) Too feminist, which is just code for I'm afraid of women. I need to recommend uh, another Margot Robbie movie called Z for Zachariah. I would highly recommend. Cool. Great. You can do that on your own time. To you. Okay, fine. She's great. Perfect, perfect casting. There's no one else could open a movie like her and no one else could play it. Mm-mm. We can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> so I am currently sitting here with Small Bashir, passed out. And we're just trying to get it going because in less than 24 hours, I moved to New Zealand for a month, uh, topping it off with a show, hopefully in Christchurch at the end of the month. You have questions. We have answers. I've been re-listening to the episodes for Quality Assurance And I got to say, my advice has been awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And you haven't even listened to the one where you say in it last week's episode that it is the best advice you've ever given. Sometimes it's just like, (laughs) just hot fire, precise, precision. All right. Hello, Eliza, Emily, and the AIA crew. I've been binging recent episodes this week and hope you can help me with something. In the episode, Some Dorks Duplex, the question included info about the boyfriend's friend group being socially awkward. And in My Questionable Dad, there was talk about an Irish goodbye. Buckle up for the backstory. I'm a 51-year-old female graduated with a doctor of pharmacy degree at age 44. I'm a wife in a very happy marriage of 22 years, mom of an amazing 21-year-old son, deeply satisfied in my job, an introvert, and socially awkward AF. Until a couple years ago, I thought something inside me was broken because I fumbled in social situations far more often than I succeeded. My wise beyond his year son was brutally honest one day and in a kind of loving way said, Mom, you're autistic. And he was right. (laughs) Super, super quick anatomy lesson because that's what socially awkward people do at dinner parties. Human brains between the lower fight or flight area and the upper logic and reason area contain a middle zone that helps us navigate social situations. This middle zone is physically wired differently in people with autism than in, quote, normies. How this manifests for me is being socially awkward AF. Other fun autistic stuff for me includes sensory overload in any situation where there are more than four people in our group and a source of extra noise. Think restaurant, sporting event, before concert, you get the idea. I have trouble tracking conversations, cannot make small talk with a stranger, don't intuit how to make eye contact with anyone, etc., Oh, did I mention I'm also an introvert? The Irish goodbye, while considered inappropriate by the masses, is the only way I can escape a social situation before a total meltdown occurs. It's not, no one considers it inappropriate. We all love it. We love it. sometimes the only option. Not inappropriate at all, just so you know. Sometimes it's the only way to survive. (laughs) While I deeply love the people I hang out with and desperately don't want to offend, I typically stay the very limit of what I can handle when the thought of drawing attention to myself in any way is a death sentence. At last, the question... How can I better navigate social social situations in a way that's less confusing and less offensive to normies? I feel the gap between me and the rest of the world, which I would like to bridge and don't know how. Help me, Eliza. You're my only hope. Hoping for a miracle. Socially awkward AF, a.k.a. Kim in Oregon. 
Random P.S. I'm also a power lifter and really appreciate Eliza spreading the good word about strength training for women. LFG. Let's fucking go. It sounds like this person is worried about appearing, you know, awkward or offensive to normies. This person is in a happy marriage, has a great kid, yeah. has a degree. Sounds fun. like sounds like you love your life. Like it sounds like everything's going great. Has you have a solid friend group that you're just like, oh, Don't you know, fucking I, worry about it. Right, you're doing everything right. What's the problem? So yeah. someone also, it's like at this point, who cares? You go to an event, someone else thinks you're rude. Who cares? Your friends know you. It, what does it matter? I actually totally agree. Like even people who aren't on a spectrum, like you're going to have a weird interaction with people. Nobody's ever thinking about it as much as you are. Uh -huh. And you don't need to go around identifying yourself. Like, sorry, I'm autistic. I can't, you know, make eye contact. You're going to fumble the ball sometimes. Most people do. But I don't know. If it really bothers you, maybe you should talk to a therapist who deals with this stuff because I actually can't give you advice. It's not like you don't have autism and you're like, how can I be less rude? You have like a diagnosed thing. So I don't, I'm not a, a therapist. I can't give you those tools, but don't worry about it. It seems like you're doing great. Yeah, I know. I want this life. It sounds great. If the, the worst thing you're doing is like Irish goodbying and sometimes other people feel awkward in a conversation. Nobody cares. Yeah. People are going to feel awkward anyway, especially if we're talking about, you know, things like equal rights and stuff like that, but you're fine. And also the good news is, Autism is so a part of the conversation now. I feel like regular Joe Public is quick to realize, like, I think that person's autistic. It's my go-to sometimes when someone is like a little off, I'll be like, I bet they're on a spectrum versus I bet they're just rude. Unless I know them and I'm like, no, you're you're just being a dick. I would, yeah, I think I would agree. Not even, not in a judgmental way, but in a way where I think we yeah, all give each exactly. other a little more credit where, yeah, I am. You can, yeah. You can, or, people can tell when you're, when it's something's quote unquote off versus like someone's just like rude. Like if I'm taking a meeting and an executive shakes my hand and looks away as we're talking, I'm like, oh, you're not autistic. You're fucking rude and you don't think I'm important. <laughs> right. Don't worry about it. You're doing great. Yeah. Keep on lifting. Keep on lifting. I actually have one tip and this is going to come off as like the least feminist thing ever. But now that I have a daughter that I'm always telling to smile because it actually is nicer, I will tell you, Throwing in a oh, no. no 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 throwing in a smile guy or girl, it's a human way of letting people know that you're not that that like you're happy to be there. Even it, it really does change things. Whether you're dealing with like an airline worker or a Dunkin' Donuts employee that hates their job, if you come up and you smile, you're like hi. Or even as they're talking, you smile. It just softens everything. It makes people think that you're receiving what they're saying. It makes you look. It's disarming. It's just a thought. I will tell you as someone who is not autistic, I years ago had to remind myself to smile on stage <laughs> because I was just like, maybe the audience doesn't realize that you're also having a good time. <laughs> Were you just clomping out there, man? Never smile. Just forgot to smile. So just a thought. <laughs> That's all. It really helps. Yeah, well, it's like putting like a, because through text is so hard to gauge tones. So I'll put like an LOL or a smiley face or something to just uh -huh. denote like, hey, my tone is not meant and in by any the way, specific way. People talk about how like only women have to do that in business. And I'm like, yeah, we're perceived as bitches just for being like, hey, could you not cut off my head? It really does <laughs> help. It really does help to get across to dumb people like, hey, I know you're a guy. I'm a girl asking for something. Just letting you know, not going to catch me fucking slipping because I'm smiling and I'm being nice. Now do your fucking job. <laughs> Smiley.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is it too early to say that 2024 is going by quickly? When life goes so fast, I mean, even faster when you have kids, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. And therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. I think one of the hardest things to do is to genuinely be proud of what you've done, right? Glass half full kind of stuff, because it's honestly a lot more fun to beat yourself up about why the glass is half empty or totally shattered. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I've started therapy. Ever since I had my second baby, I started therapy, and it's just nice to have someone to talk to. You can't always write in to ask Eliza anything, because we won't always see your questions. BetterHelp is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. No one's going to ask you any questions. Take a moment, visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye, to put away your chunky jackets, chunky sweaters, and chunky pants, and it's time to update your wardrobe for that long haul, for the long summer ahead of us, without spending a fortune. Fashion is always changing, but one thing you can always rely on are quality garments, like premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more, all at Quince. Quince's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, because dressing well should not cost a fortune, and it shouldn't be expensive to look expensive. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes on the savings to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Oh, it's so elegant. I'm going on vacation this summer, and you bet I got a linen dress from Quince. Just something you can throw on when you go to dinner or get out of the pool. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and the pod crew. Eliza, I absolutely love everything you do, but my favorite is watching you be a mom to Sierra. I just had my first baby nine weeks ago and pulled so much inspiration from you. Oh my goodness. I feel like I'm just like making it up and like I keep forgetting to teach her numbers. Are you the one that's in charge of that? No, never. (laughs) Now my situation. 
me, 26 female, and my husband, 27 male, have been together for 6.5 years, married for 3.5, just had our first baby. This is the first grandchild on both sides of our family. My in-laws and I have gotten along pretty well, but have hit some issues since the baby arrived. Mostly they have issues with me setting boundaries because they don't believe in them. I'm sticking to my guns though, so it is going okay. But there is one situation that is a bit more tricky. My in-law's house is disgusting. I'm talking visible mold in the toilet. If you walk on the floor barefoot, you can feel the grime. Dirty dishes stacked high in the sink and left around the house for days. There's a thick layer of dust on most surfaces. Their couch blankets feel dirty and are rarely washed. And of course, there is stuff everywhere. Your husband has to do it. Your husband has to set the boundary. (laughs) That's it. End of story. Now... My mother-in-law, who I butt heads with consistently, is semi-aware of the problem. She has made comments about needing to get her house in order. Her excuse for not is that she is busy running their family business, a successful gymnastics training gym, which I understand, but a lot of people are busy and don't have mold in their toilets. My sister-in-law, 22, is home from college and is taking a gap year between her undergrad and master's and currently does not have a job. She's pretty lazy, and I honestly don't know if she knows how to deep clean. Also, they have enough money they could hire a cleaning service, but with all the stuff laying around, the cleaning service would not be able to even get to the surfaces. The bigger issue. My husband asked if we can take our baby to his parents' house. My initial reaction was no. I explained I'm not comfortable taking the baby there because of how dirty it is. He was understanding, but upset that the baby can't go to his family's house. I told him he should talk to his sister about cleaning it. He kind of shrugged at that suggestion. For some further context, the baby has gone to other relatives' houses, but it is houses that are clean. Now, I'm perfectly comfortable telling people what they can and cannot do in my house, but it is tricky when it is their house. I know this will be a huge issue in the near future. What do I do? Do I tell my in-laws the truth and say the baby can't come over until their house is clean? Do I keep making up excuses not to go over there? Do I make my husband just deal with it? Yep. Any input or advice? Greatly appreciated. Sincerely, Sabrina. So first of all, your husband grew up in that filth, so he doesn't see it. Uh, this mm-hmm. is your baby's health we're talking about. This And granted, mm-hmm. your kid is only nine months old, so I don't remember if it's here. I don't, I don't remember any of the milestones, but I don't know if they're she's crawling at that point or if you're still holding her. It doesn't matter. You don't want the kid touching any of that stuff. Your husband needs to hear you on this because this is not going to be the first thing that you disagree on where he just has to back you up. And he has to say to them, this house is dirty. Let's hire a cleaning service. And that needs to be on him. And that's just it. And if push comes to shove, you're going to have to say, uh, I, the last time we were over, I noticed it's tough because they're not going to hear it. She says she needs to get it clean, but she doesn't realize because when you live in it, when it's that close, you don't realize it. She has an inkling of an idea that it's dirty. And it's a bummer that the sister can't help but the sister doesn't get it. The whole family doesn't realize how disgusting it is. Put this on your husband and explain like, everything that you see and be like, I need you to communicate to them that this house needs to be deep clean before we can bring the baby over. And it cannot be on me. I cannot be the bitch that's just like not letting the parents see the baby. So please communicate that and please back me up on this. He needs to step up and be a man. I get that he's 26 and that's like prime gaming time. This is on him because otherwise you will be the bad guy. Yeah. I I wonder even if you got like some people over there to look at it and they, they're they like, well, actually, we have to quote your deep cleaning price because it's so disgusting and if that cleaning. would get anything through, but, but I don't is, think it will. Will be one of many, many times you have to set a boundary to protect your child and it's going to be uncomfortable. And of course, the moms are always the bad guys, but that's it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, 
I don't know how receptive those people are. You might be like, hey, you guys, once you get the house cleaned up so it's safer for her and they'll keep putting it off because they don't see it. Right. It I mean, the mold to me seems like the Trump card of like, there is visible mold that is unsafe for a child. That's what I can see. Imagine what I can't see. Just, it's everything because the baby's probably not going to touch the toilet, but they are going to touch the floor and they are going to touch the services. So and the blankets, this is your husband, the blanket. So gross. Husband's got to step up, step it up. Someone's going to be uncomfortable. It may as well be him. Jennifer's sleeping so hard right now. Her eyes are close. So She's tight. snoring. No. She's thinking though. Mm. <laughs> about it. All right. Hello there. 22 female in a heterosexual monogamous relationship. Been with the partner for three years now. And when we started our relationship, neither one of us were religious. Recently, I started finding my peace inside a religious community. Hence, I've been going to church, praying often, etc. But my partner isn't religious and has no interest in being ever. I respect his opinion and I wouldn't want him to change for me, but at the same time, I can't help but wish we could have this in common so we can have this shared experience. Help, what do I do? Do I tell him or not? Well, of course you tell him that, but if you don't want him to change for you, it kind of sounds like you do. And this is a very hmm, conservative, I don't even going to say Christian, but people that tend to get into religion for whatever reason it's kind of like, hey, why don't you come pray with me? Oh, this would be great to do this with the group. Religion is a huge thing. It is the reason people end up not getting married. It's a lot of times the reason relationships don't work out. If this is something that you found real solace in, and I wonder if it is for the relationship with God, is it the peer group? I'm sure the group that you're with is extremely welcoming. I know that Christianity makes it very easy to bring you into a fold. This might just be who you are now. And because you're so young, you're going to want to explore this. It isn't like you've been devout your whole life and you're so solid in your faith that you're okay if someone else isn't. You're wanting to include him because you're young and you want to have a boyfriend that also goes to fellowship of Christian athlete meetings with you as well. So you don't have to break up with this person, but I think this eventually will drive enough of a wedge between you because of your fundamental beliefs versus his. Not even vilifying him, just you're going to want to spend your time you know, praying and thinking about these things and doing more church things and he will not. And eventually that will probably drive you apart. But I would just think on it and just give, you know, maybe he does want to pray with you or maybe you are eventually okay with it, but don't push it on them and you'll see. But, uh, but you should definitely do what works for you. If you're enjoying it, you can keep on joining it. And don't feel like you can't talk to him about it just because he doesn't want to do be religious doesn't mean that you have to shut him out from that part of your life. I think it's just riding that line of not trying to proselytize, get him to do it, but just yeah. sharing what's what you're doing in your week. And it's going to be tough because I will say a big part of Christianity for better or for worse seems to be judging people. And like, it's kind of tough to sleep with someone like thinking that they're going to hell and eventually he's going to catch <laughs> on to the fact that you do think that. So just keep it open. Keep it cool. Mm -hmm. Go with God. Keep it cool. Keep it That's cool. That's what I think about. That's what Jesus, I think about. He's always Jesus. Jesus said Jesus it. just said, keep it cool. Matthew 5, 16. Keep it cool. Keep it. No cap. Dead ass. Keep it cool. John 12. John, John 15. 6. 15. 58. 17. 38. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. 30. Female. Grew up in the Philly suburbs, but have lived in New York City for my whole adult life. 
My mom still is in the house where I grew up. Parents are divorced and I'm not close with dad. When I was younger and single, I had an open invitation to visit my mom whenever I wanted, and I would spend a weekend there every month or two, plus most holidays. Then in 2020, my brother, 35 male, moved back in with my mom. COVID hit, and I moved in with my boyfriend, 39 male. Ever since then, it feels like I'm imposing on my mom and brother when I go to visit. They don't have a spare bed, so either I sleep on an air mattress in the living room, which doesn't have a door, so there's zero privacy, or my brother gives up his bed and sleeps on the floor of his old room, now his man cave where he watches TV and plays video games. I don't know if my open invitation exists anymore or if it extends to my boyfriend. We've been together four plus years, so he's not new, but because of the pandemic and living in a different state, they don't know him that well. I wish my mom would invite us to visit because then I would know that she and my brother actually wanted to host my boyfriend and me as guests in their home as opposed to tolerating us out of obligation. I mentioned this to her once, but nothing has changed. We invite her to stay with us in the city a few times a year and she comes, but doesn't reciprocate. Meanwhile, my boyfriend's parents frequently invite us over and initiate plans for family gatherings, which makes it all the more obvious that my family doesn't. Question for Eliza and Emily. Should I buy my mom an extra bed so there's a place for everyone to sleep when we visit? Should I keep initiating plans but offer to stay in some crappy suburban chain hotel so we don't inconvenience anyone? Should I just take the hint and stay home? First of all, it's not about taking a hint. I mean, I'm assuming it's a normal family. It's uncomfortable. Your mom deep down probably thinks you wouldn't want to visit because she has a man-child living with her who is occupying two rooms. Is that right? Yeah. Your mom probably thinks you don't want to. And because you aren't really talking about it, you're kind of forming your own opinion and you've decided it's uncomfortable. And she's thinking like, I don't know what to do. Like she has this guy who's just living there, taking up too much space. And the truth is you don't. What would be tough is if your mom was like, oh my God, please come visit. And the accommodations are still what they are. So the truth is you don't really, you want to feel invited because you love your family. You don't really want to stay there. And if you have the money to like buy them a bed, you probably have the money to stay at like a local hotel, uh, which is probably what you want to do anyway. But if you're seeking that community, say that to your mom, say something, offer to buy the bed, offer to change it, you know? And if your brother could be the problem, like he just might be this like big, uncomfortable elephant in the room. She's probably embarrassed. Well. And so it's about two hours away from where you are. And you're saying, you know, you used to go every month or every other month. Even if, depending, I mean, it doesn't really matter what the brother's situation is, but it does matter. He lives there now with your mom 24-7. Your mom probably doesn't want to say, hey, buddy, you need to leave your room. We're going to put a bed in your room for the whole year round for when your sister decides she wants to visit. So he has a room that's a man cave and then he sleeps in another room? It sounds like he sleeps in like, maybe her old room and his old room is now the man cave. So it is technically, it's there's an extra room, but if you put okay. a bed in there, what do you do with it the rest of the year? You get an air mattress. And I know that's uncomfortable. Well, that's what she's doing. I mean, I live in a large house and we still have to do an air mattress because weirdly there's just, the rooms don't work out. Um, offer that because I think deep down, you know, you're wanting to be included and feel wanted, but like financially and square footage wise, it probably won't make sense to have that bed there, even though he's squatting in two rooms. So maybe it is an air mattress. What do you want to get out of it? She's already on an air mattress. What was I? What do you want to get out of this? What you want is to feel welcome, is to bring your boyfriend and is to be comfortable. You may not get all of those things. You're definitely welcome. She's definitely in an uncomfortable situation. It might just be what it is, which is visiting your relatives, which is always uncomfortable and you sleep on an air mattress. 
or you get a hotel and you just come over during the day and then you have your privacy at night. But I get it. You want to wake up in the house and have breakfast and do all that stuff. So visiting family is not supposed to be comfortable. No, I no. And but you want to, you want her to say, of course, you're welcome. I just don't know. I don't have the space, but of course I want you here, which she does. So maybe give her the opportunity to say that because you're building this up in your head and you're vilifying her. And, and I don't think that conversation, I don't think it's a legitimate dialogue. I think it's just in your head. Right. I'm wondering if the boyfriend's parents have a guest room, mm-hmm. right? So they can easily say, hey, come stay, have a comfy time. Whereas yep. your mom doesn't want to be like, hey, come sleep on the air mattress while your brother plays video games. Right. And, and your mom doesn't want to have that conversation with your brother because it's just the two of them at the end of the day. And then yeah. you don't want to argue with him. So give her the benefit of the doubt and have a talk with her. Yeah. Hi, Liza and crew. I am a first time mailer, long time listener. I hope, Eliza, that you are having a great time in Japan. You did. I did. Right? I did. You had a nice time. I, I have, you I, can't have a bad meal in Tokyo. I stand by that. Oh. You can't. I didn't. The best. I am a 47-year-old female and my girlfriend is 51. My relationship problem is my fault. I panic because I have a neurological disease that was brought on from a clot to my brain. I have slow dementia and I forget Ooh. things. Silly things at times. Like I can forget that a whole movie is about what a whole movie is about as soon as it ends, but I can also forget important things. For example, I forget when I last have seen my girlfriend. I could have seen her on Sunday and by Tuesday, I have totally forgotten seeing her. I will ring her and would say, I haven't seen you in a while. I told her before our first date that I have this disease. I'm hardly going to forget it. (laughs) We met online and I genuinely haven't met anyone like her before. I'd remember if I did. Or so you think. (laughs) We joke about my memory problems and the fact that I can remember daft historical things, but not what we had to eat. Our relationship is going from strength to strength. I have met her kids and they are fantastic and I love spending time with them. My girlfriend hasn't told them about my neurological disease and they don't need to know. They're 18, 21, and 23. But I feel guilty about the future, even though she has said the only thing that scares her about the disease is if I get violent or angry. Two things we both know, I am genuinely not. What scares me and what makes me guilty is not if, but when I forget her. I don't want to hurt her, but would it not be better if I broke up with her now instead of spending whatever amount of years together and totally forgetting her? What? Both my girlfriend and myself... I've had a very bad relationship before and are making a huge effort in making this work. We both talk about the disease seriously at times, but mostly we joke about it, which is honestly great. I'm reaching out to you for advice as we don't... Oh, as we don't know each other. I don't think we do. And I think that you will give me an honest answer. I could ask my family and friends, but they would just tell me I'm stressing over nothing, even though this illness has completely changed my life. I used to be a theater actor, but I can't work anymore as I can't remember my lines. I'm looking forward to seeing your show at the Sugar Club in Dublin, to which I got one ticket as I forgot I was going out with someone and didn't buy a second ticket. Thanks for your help and for all the times you've made me laugh. Anonymous. Well, thank you so much, but I'm not playing the Sugar Club. I'm playing Vicar Street. So now I'm wondering who you bought tickets to see. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Or maybe you just wrote the wrong thing. But come see me at Vicker Street, December 1st, 7 p.m., Dublin, Ireland. Um, First of all, I'm so sorry. Second of all, I'm going to echo what your friends and family say. You absolutely should not break up with this wonderful woman who, by all accounts, seems very supportive. I love that you guys can laugh about... I love that you can laugh about it because that is incredibly scary. The violence thing, I know that that happens... With some people, I think that that's like a symptom of dementia as you get older. So it's not about you're not that, but I think that happens. I think people also, remember we had that one question about 
person with like renal failure, how they would like get paranoid or is that something else? But that's way down the line, hopefully. And hopefully you're doing the right medications and maybe you're doing things to slow this. So I think it's out of a guilt that you're like, maybe I should just break up with you. She doesn't want that either. You would just be preemptively hurting both of you for no reason. And you might have this low-grade memory loss for years to come. And then what are you going to do? You're not going to die alone. So what, you want to go find someone else that you kind of hate that's worthy of dealing with this? You're in a loving relationship, or so it seems. She seems okay with it. I think all you can do is take it one day at a time, but I would get that out of your head because it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy and you will sabotage this. Your girlfriend is an adult who you love and respect who can make that choice for herself. Don't make the choice for her to take yourself out of her life. Exactly. So it seems like everything's going great and that's it. Don't break up with her. That's like too emo teenager. Like, I'll just break up with you now. And you guys have been together for a while and you seem like partners. She's in it for the long haul. And and if she isn't, you guys can have that discussion. But I, I agree with Emily. Seems like you're doing great. Yeah. It seems like you really are making the best of a really unfair situation. Mm-hmm. It's Vicar, Vicar Street, not the Sugar Club. Oh, if you glean nothing else check from my ticket. answer, it's just check your ticket. <laughs> travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where one travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. What do you think of when you think of spring cleaning? Do you think of throwing out a bunch of old stuff? Do you think of putting some sweaters away for next year? Do you think about changing your sheets? Well, you should. Because you don't want to be sleeping in the same heavy sheets you had all winter. You want something soft. You want something breathable. You want Bowl and Branch signature sheets because they're the perfect way to upgrade your sleep and they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made with the finest 100% organic cotton and these sheets feel buttery soft. It's super breathable and they're the perfect thing to get you ready for summer. I got a set of washed linen sheets from Bowl and Branch. I also got the washed linen duvet cover and it is so soft. It feels like I've been living in it even though I just pulled it out of the package. Bowling Branch's sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals commonly found in sheets. You don't want to be sleeping on that. They have a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowling Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first set of sheets, plus free shipping. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Dear Eliza, Emily Hosky, number one in assorted adorable companions. Longtime listener, first time question asker. I am 31, white and female, but neither a nurse nor grad student. <laughs> then Thank are you, you even a white female? <laughs> Thank you for the hours of entertainment and good advice you dish out with this podcast. I look forward to it every week. Here is my predicament. I'm self-employed and juggle numerous clients and projects throughout the year with varying compensation schedules. 
Since 2019, I've been working on short-term contract-based projects with my current boss. T. Five years ago, the very first time we were supposed to meet up for coffee, she stood me up without a text or phone call. In hindsight, I should have cut and run then. Instead, I've gotten into an increasingly close working relationship with T, culminating in her hiring me as the program manager for her EDI, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Facilitation Service last fall. This new role meant a significant pay increase and became my most reliable source of income. When it was time to renew my program manager contract at the start of this year, T sent me a half-hearted edit of the previous contract that contained several errors, the dates of the agreement, and the salary amount, most significantly. She had already signed the document. I notified her of the errors and didn't sign. Months went by with me reminding her to update the contract, her promising to do so, and it not happening. The contract remains unsigned by me. This pattern became increasingly common in all aspects of our professional relationship as she saw she could drop the ball and I would invariably catch it. She would regularly stand me up in client meetings and make a fake excuse why she wasn't available. E.g., she got a flat tire. Her husband's mom just got a cancer diagnosis. The queer community was coming after someone she was working with and she had to defend them. What? Do you think she made up the cancer diagnosis? (laughs) That's are all wild excuses. She would take my written work and pass it off as her own. She would promise to send me information by a certain date and then never do so, always blaming someone or something else for the delay. All of these behaviors were particularly frustrating because we spent hours and hours talking to our facilitation clients about accountability and transparency in communication. And she receives huge amounts of public recognition for what an anti-racist leader she is. Although her lies and lack of accountability deeply frustrated me, I kept putting up with it because she paid me on schedule. And then the check stopped coming. Uh-uh. I kept working and invoicing for no. a few months, repeatedly asking her when I could expect payment and being told versions of, the check is in the mail. Eventually, I couldn't take it any longer and notified her I would no longer work without pay. At this point, she owes me thousands of dollars, which she claims I will receive next week. Since my contract wasn't due to expire until September, I'm not only missing the back pay, but I will also be losing months of forecasted income. I've been speaking to other people in our field and learned that I'm not the only person who is owed wages by T. In addition, I have reason to believe she has been improperly distributing a grant funding, which could cause her to lose her business license. My question is, how far should I take this? If and when I get paid, does it stop there? Is it worth it to sue her and try to recover the rest of this year's income and damages? Should I report what I've discovered about the mismanagement of grant money to a larger auditing entity? Can I start telling other people what a fraud she is? Thank you for reading Anonymous. Is T white? I don't know. I only ask that because I have a friend who had a very high up position in government um, and her boss was, and she was white and her boss was African-American and she discovered in a very whistleblower, like call the news way that her boss had been misappropriating funds hiring unqualified people for positions that you need like multiple degrees for, mismanaging money, like breaking the law. This is not about black people, white people, but this is about, it is tough if you are white, especially because you're working in like a division like diversity to call out someone of color because then it's such a bad look. And for some reason you look bad. It's a tougher thing. So there's always that because you have to be very ready for it to look like you're racist versus pointing out a problem. And I think that's a very fair thing. And even as I'm saying this, because we live in such a woke culture, like I'm reticent to say that 
because it inherently just sounds racist to even say. But this is also when it comes to women accusing another woman of something. This is when anyone is anything other than a white male, it becomes tricky because it's like, well, are you coming for me because of what I am? So right, there's you that- you hate women. Right, right, right. So there's that complexity, but let's say, let's say that's not it. The bigger issue is you need to get paid. Now, if you sue this person, it could take years. This person could disappear. The biggest lesson is you need to always be paid for your work and you saw the cracks and because you believed in this work and the overall mission of it and you were working well together, you let her treat you that way. It's kind of the way I treat Emily. Please don't leave me. <laughs> um, I wonder, once you have your ducks in a row, you know, is she really distributing funds incorrectly? Do you have that proof? Like that irrefutable proof? It might be worth calling her and not an email and saying, I need to be paid by this time next week. It's tough because you're talking about morals versus your own goal because it's like, if she did something wrong, you should be reporting it regardless of if you're getting paid. Right, but I would say get paid first. Here's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. I know that this is not quite right, but there must be something like sending a letter via certified mail with the amount she owes you. Something where you have a paper trail of, she received it, she knows what she owes you. Well, she has the email she where she's like, pay I'm you. paying you. And you could just say, right. You can just... Because you're talking about so many different things. You need to get paid. Also, she's doing something illegal. Also, there's a history of this. So maybe you go to the local... I don't know what this department no, is. No, go to a local employment lawyer. See if you have a case. You need to get paid. And if she's doing something illegal, you know, it's one... If the person... Look, people are... She might be great at what she does, which is public-facing altruism, and she might be great at fundraising and being the face of something. And she may not be a great person, but the fact that she's not paying you is its own separate issue. The fact that she's sloppy and unaccountable, like that's almost all a different thing. Um, mm -hmm. I would go to an employment lawyer and I would see what kind of a case you have. Is there someone above her you can go to to get paid? Uh, and is it worth saying, calling her and being like, I will be taking legal action if I'm not paid by this Friday? Right, because I think the tricky part here is, look, obviously you're owed the the previously agreed upon wages. You do not have a signed contract for the rest of the year. So whether or not you are owed wages for the rest of the year, I don't know if there is a legal standing of, I assume the should have stopped working. continue. Yeah, I don't know if half a signed contract, right. but you should have stopped working the second she didn't sign it. This might just be an egg on your face thing. It's also tough because it's like, you don't want to threaten her with, I have this paper trail of the things that you've done wrong and the money you owe me. And if you don't, and then it's like, no. what? So you'll, you won't report this person who's doing something illegal as long as you get your money, then you're kind of part of the problem. So I think you have to decide how much this means. Is this worth blowing it wide open? Is it worth whistleblowing? But at the very yeah. least, you need to be very firm. I will take legal action if I am not paid by Friday. Yeah. And then you could just go crazy. But it will cost right. you a lot more time than you're realizing to pursue any of these. So it's all about yeah. like, is it worth it to you? What's in your heart? Or you could just talk a lot of shit about her behind her back. Maybe she'll never get hired again. Dear Eliza, Emily, Hot Scotty, Smokey Husky, Snow Peach, and now Giant Baby Sierra. Long time fan for some caller. Firstly, I wanted to thank Eliza for filling mine and my friend's vocabularies. We repeat phrases from the specials daily and made them into mantras for certain situations. My question, I, 30 female, I'm going to my first rave in over 10 years this September. 
I'm from Brazil, so rave culture there was less of a big deal when I was young. So now as I prep for the experience, I'm a little lost. How does a millennial behave in a rave in their 30s? Do I bring candy bracelets to swap? What do I wear since I had a baby and no longer have the smoking bod to show off in fishnets? As someone who made their 40th birthday an EDM party, I thought you'd be the perfect source for this advice. Thanks for always making my Wednesdays more fun every week. Hope I can see you on tour this fall. Love, Lana. All I can tell you, Lana, a rave like any festival is about how you feel. Wear whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable in, whether it's a ski suit or a bikini. Nobody is thinking about it like you are because everybody is on mm-hmm. drugs. Make the bracelets because they're fun to hang out, to hand out, but I don't know if that really matters. You do, you make it what you want to make it and you will attract the people that you want to attract. Do not worry about anyone but yourself and you're going to have the best time. You are there to dance. You are there to maybe make friends. I don't know. You're there to just have a good time and let those endorphins flow. So dress exactly how you're going to be comfortable because you're going to be on your feet for a while. And that's it. It's all about feeling good and having fun. Don't worry about anybody else. That's the best advice I can give you. Yeah. It sounds like you're already like geared up. The fact that it's not until September and you're already prepping, you're good. Yeah. Make sure, you know, is it outside? Is it going to be muddy? Is it indoors? Can you bring water? Do you bring a backpack? Do you want to do drugs? Do you not? Bring a friend. Be ready. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. That's awesome. Brazilian rave. Absolutely. 100%. Hi, Lyson gang. I recently wrote in about the old friend coming out of the woodwork claiming to be my bestie. Remember that? Yeah. As I was listening, I forgot to add in my initial question that even though we naturally drifted apart, it was partly because she decided to hang out with the, quote, popular girls. She also tends to be the type one would call a fair weather friend. This is why I have huge hesitations about this friendship feeling like her last resort. But on the other hand, maybe she has realized the error of her ways. I'm conflicted. I've been answering less, as Eliza suggested. I also muted her on a few things. However... My husband, myself, and my daughter have been invited to her daughter's second birthday. Do I make up an excuse not to go? Hope you come back to Toronto soon. My sister met you last year and brought her Christmas mouth perfume to show you. It was her wedding perfume. Thanks, Char. Jar? Char? Char. So, (laughs) your number one fan, Jar. The situation crystallizes. Jar Jar Binks. The situation crystallizes because I think initially you were like, we used to be friends, but haven't seen her in forever. And she showed up and she's like, I'm your best friend. But now you're revealing a little bit more, which is she hurt your feelings. She abandoned you. And now she's coming back. She's like, hey, girlfriend, what's up? And what you want to say to her was, you stopped talking to me. And now that it's convenient for you or you realize we're out of high school, you're back because you have no one else. Which is okay, except for the fact that your high school feelings are, it was high school, right? Uh, It was, yeah, it was a long time ago. Your feelings are hurt. She may know it, she may not. Some people are just flighty and they just flit around. So I don't know what you do to heal the high school version of you. You could tell her to which she'll say like, I I don't know, that was a billion years ago. I. Don't remember that. Well, she'll be lying because she does. Or she'll apologize. And if she does, do you want to be her friend? If she apologized, would you be okay with it? What are you showing me? That's very cute. This was also included. This is from this is from the question asker. I'm in the middle of an I'm in the middle of an answer. (laughs) Very cute. 
the party girl shirt. I love that people actually put them on their babies. That's adorable. I love a huge diaper too. I love a thick crotch on a baby. <laughs> so you have to ask yourself that because you were not honest with us when you wrote it. You were like, I don't know where she came from. I don't get it, but the plot thickens. So please, when you write in, please always be honest so we're not giving ghost <laughs> advice. Jar Jar, you, only you can answer that uh, because you're trying to hurt her now because she hurt you. So you're hoping by ghosting her and by ignoring that she'll kind of feel a little bad and maybe go away. But this is about healing yourself. So either you bring it up to her or you let it go and stay friends or you let it go and just don't go to that stupid birthday party. Who cares? Yeah. Depends on how much you want to carry around. Does it seem like she's going to have a good birthday party with good snacks? Yeah, that's the other one? thing. Where how, you're going to be standing in the corner and there's like a plastic tub of pretzel sticks. Yeah, I've been to one of them. How rich is she? That's what you want to know. <laughs> what, what are we talking? Bounce house? What are we talking just hamburgers on hot asphalt? <laughs> top of the cup. It's the top of the cup. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My bottom of the cob, and this is going to be controversial, is the cool side of town. In LA, it's the east side. And I was always a fan of the whole area. You know, in my 20s, you go out drinking in Los, Los Feliz. That's where everybody, that's where all the cool kids were going because Hollywood was expensive. So everybody kept going east. And then it's Eagle Rock and it's Silver, Silvertown. Wow, it's Silver Lake, Silvertown, Frogtown. <laughs> Silvertown. And there's Highland Park. And um, I think I've aged out of it. We went to this like new cool guy bagel spot and it's not the biggest deal. You get in the car 30 minutes away, but we get to the east side of town. There's no fucking trees and it's just like overgrown hipsters, like acting like it's fun to wait in line for a coffee and then sit on a metal bench in the sun. Every restaurant you go to, it's like we're closed, but we have some seating outside and it's fucking hot and it's filthy and everybody is acting like it's super cool and super fun to eat next to a garbage can next to like a smelly plant store. Maybe I'm old. Maybe it's because I have a baby, but I almost ended my marriage in the car <laughs> because we go to the Cool Guy Bagel place. They're like, we recommend ordering 45 minutes early. We order and it was immediately ready. So now you're like, cool, I'm in the car for a half hour more. We get there. The pickup line is almost as long as the ordering line. And you're waiting and like no one is smiling. Everyone's just like, what's the name? And then someone disappears forever and you're watching everyone order and they're like, it'll be about 15 minutes. I'm like, why was it 45 minutes secretly, but not for... It's just these things that you'll put up with if you live in the neighborhood, but we don't because we live in a part of town where there is fucking nothing for some reason because people are okay eating mediocre food. And it all comes down to... Of course, they don't have a restaurant that's open. Labor is expensive. In California, everyone gets sued for doing everything. And since COVID, everything's a billion dollars. So restaurants can barely afford to stay open. They pass on that to the customer. You're an asshole if you don't tip 45%. And you're like not cool if you don't love like waiting in the sun and sharing a metal prison bench with another couple while you try to eat. So I just, I'm over it. I'm over it. I see why people, as they have kids, like start to move to the suburbs because it's a fucking slog, okay? Sorry, Eastside, I'm done. I know that everyone moves there. Everyone's cool. Everyone's opening up stuff. You need more trees. It's hot, stinky asphalt, garbage everywhere. 
And just this like smug, everything is like a hostess with like forearm tattoos. Like, hey, you guys, so it's going to be two hours. Uh Uh-huh, I'm not listening. Please sit over there. We have a rock you can sit on or a metal pole (laughs) that goes directly up your ass. If you complain, you will be canceled. That's everything. (laughs) Would you like to tip 25%? We don't get healthcare, but that's your fault. So I'm staying in my house and I'm making my own food. And by me, I mean Noah. Over it. (laughs) Over the heat. Uh, My... I just want to say, I just went to Hawaii where it was gorgeous, where people actually respect nature and they clean their fucking beaches. It's not like LA where people go in in their jeans and bring whole leather couches to the fucking beach. (laughs) And everything was easy. Anywhere, this is peak tourist season and anything we wanted to do, we just drove up, parked and did it. It wasn't like, we'll send you a text, maybe later. Everywhere else is easy. This is a fucking nightmare. You may as well live in like midtown Manhattan without a car. I'm over it. Oh boy. You. Um, me. My bottom is is food related in that you know what we don't need? You know what you never bite into and you're like, I'm glad. I don't need a double patty. Never. I'm good with just one patty. It's disgusting. I got a double patty the other day. I can't bite through it. What no. am I doing here? I was like, oh, this must be the way the chef at Chili's wanted me to have it. The double patty. It's you know what? Because it's disproportionate. Don't want it. It's not enough it meat is to disproportionate. cheese. Disproportionate. Yeah. It doesn't fit in your mouth. It's all falling no. out. There's juices going everywhere. And I'm just like, this is not, no, this is not fun. This is not a nice experience. Do one really good patty, not two shitty patties in a pile. I, I, the double patty is gross. And people are like, oh, extra value. You don't need that much meat. You don't need it. Yeah, well, in and out, they're like, we'll do a four by four. That's what am I going to do with four patties? Die. Yeah. What are you, Kobayashi? You're fine. <laughs> the fan bottom of the gob. Says, fan bottom. I am so. Fan bottom. I'm so excited to write in for this. When you're in a public restroom and you get your TP seat cover perfectly in place and the automatic flush goes off and sprays toilet water all over your fresh cover or worse, the automatic flush goes off while you are sitting. Now, I have something to admit here. I used a toilet seat cover for the first time in my life last week. I had never used one before. Like, I used it point. as a bib and it really helped. <laughs> I used it for the first time. I always hover I was like, or I just sit and I'm like, whatever. Right. What? It, yeah, this is what it is. I'm using this restroom. I, I, I got to move on. Sometimes like hydraulics on a low rider, I'll just put one cheek down as if that's going to help. <laughs> Do it, uh, <laughs> sideways, split it sideways. Uh, my top of the cob perfect. is, I will say this. Um, a big part of the reason I fly first class, obviously it's better, but in many cases, especially on a shorter flight, like you're not really getting anything, but I fly first class because I don't trust the people around me or the airline workers to act like people. I've had too many experiences where both were just monsters for no reason. Need I bring up again the American Airlines flight I took where the flight attendant stalked me because she didn't like the way I was resting my foot on the seat in front of me, which is how I fly and it's not illegal. And she like harassed me and was like, where are you flying out of next? Like it was, she like followed me to the bathroom. It was insane. Uh, And I've seen them deliberately not be helpful. I've seen them, you know, and I've also seen people lose their mind and whoever you complain about, they blame the other one. So I don't trust. What I do is I pay the extra money so that someone will leave me alone and maybe you'll see my status and just like be nice to me. But I had to fly coach on the way home and I was actually anxious because there's just, TikTok is just replete with videos of people on the planes losing their mind, airline workers losing their mind. And I was just afraid that I would get there and they'd be like, they would like cattle prod me and shove me in the back and be like, you're not entitled to water. The captain has the fasten seat belt sign on. Anyways, I got on first because I was still boarding group one. 
Uh, so I made sure to get, because I had to put my bag up. And I have to say the flight attendants on this United flight were so nice and just like warm. I have gotten on first class where they just don't even say good morning or hello or anything. And you're like, hi. And they're like, where do you need to sit? You just never know what you're walking into. And I just was like, I'd had such a, it was such a long tour. I was like, I just want someone to be nice to me. And they were so nice. It was a guy and a girl. I didn't ask, I fell asleep the whole flight. I didn't ask for anything. But the fact, just honestly, them being nice when I got on and saying hi and like, oh, I love your, and he named my, the, the, the flower arrangement you wear on your head. I thought it was Le Po'o, but he called it something else. He was like, I love it. I wear them all the time. He was so sweet. And it was just about being treated like a person. And I just, yeah. that's it. People just being a little kind just goes the longest way. And it really is hard because I'm always that person. And when you don't get it back, you feel so shitty. So thank you, whoever worked that United flight on Saturday morning from Honolulu to LAX. Your kindness made me a little less anxious. Oh. Oh. Uh, my top of the comp is the the... The feeling that watching something that you know is going to be a sensation, like, you know, probably when people watch the Wright Brothers, when I sat there watching Barbie, which we're not talking about. Well, you can. You're not in the union. You do whatever you want. Watching Margot Robbie on that screen and knowing she is going to have a career like Tom Cruise, like Nicole Kidman, like Meryl Streep, Margot Robbie is going to be with us for a long time. And that thought thrills me. She is talented. She puts her money where her mouth Mm -hmm. is. She produces these movies that matter, like Promising Young Woman, like Birds of Prey, like this movie. And I was just sitting there watching. I'm like, you know what? Finally, the masses are right. Everyone's on board for Margot Robbie, and they're right. And I like experiencing that. Let's get good-looking people back on screen. Good, also the most attractive person probably on this earth. Let's get him back. And I love that they did a little nod to it in the movie because you're like, don't don't spoil. How is that anyone's bone structure? She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. And I love that Barbie was intelligent the way that she spoke. The jokes were funny. The agenda did it remind me a lot of things I've written in my stand up. Yes. Did they secretly see it maybe and knock it off? Do I think that about everything? Movie was a 10 out of 10. I'm not allowed to say it, but Margot Robbie for president. She. And I think here's the thing. Here's the important piece. She, not as she only is she a really good actor, but I think there is a there is a slight. She is not just. There is so much substance there. Yeah. I think she can deliver a performance. I love seeing that. And I was like, you know what? Ryan Gosling can get bent. No, he was Look at great. Him next to her, he was great. Get, doesn't hold a candle. It fine, but first of all, get out of here. He didn't have to emote the way she did. And I will tell you, the difference maker in her performance versus a campy Barbie movie or most comedies, real tears. Yes. Most movies don't actually call for real tears. It's like, I don't know. I'm just emotional because I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I don't know. And there's never tears. She took her moments to actually feel bad and it wasn't heightened. Mm -hmm. It was so fucking real. Anyways, I'm not allowed to talk about it, but no, let's move on. Okay. Fan top of the cob. From Katrina in Portland. I am sorry for the long cob, but after two plus years of waiting, my husband and I got the call we had been hoping for. A birth mom chose us to adopt her child. 
bringing our son home, gazing into his eyes, and even changing those disgusting diapers will forever be my top of the cob. That being said, I wanted to share with you, Eliza, you are also always my top of the cob. I've been following your career since last comic standing and have loved watching and listening to your experiences from dating to finding and marrying Noah to losing a beloved pet to experiencing pregnancy complications and to becoming a parent. It has all been so incredibly validating and supportive to those of us who are going along on a similar journey. Our major life milestones have oddly aligned and it's so comforting to know that I'm not alone. By you sharing your experiences with all of us, we, your beloved audience, feel empowered and validated knowing that it's not just me who's experiencing the ups and downs of being a woman. I've written to the pod a number of times and each time I've walked away with a helpful, thoughtful perspective. I know that going through this next journey of parenthood is going to be significantly easier because amazing women like you are going through it too. And you're willing to share all about your tops and bottoms of the cob. Thank you for everything you do, for everything you stand for, and for being your true authentic self. Now, do you have any tips on how to raise a son who won't exploit his whiteness and male privilege? Katrina. Uh, I don't. I don't know. That's... (laughs) Good luck. Yeah, ongoing lessons in that. Thank you for saying that. And you're not the first person to say that our lives mirror each other. And I will say it is a privilege to be able to have a career and stand up so long that people grow up with you. And a girl said that in line the other day. She was like, I grew up watching you. Like, obviously not since she was like five, but like, you know, she's younger than me, but like I went to high school. I watched you in college. And I think it's really cool. I almost feel like you're like companion doll, like growing up with you and experiencing this with you. And it's, you know, I'm just trying to explain them the best I can. And it's a cool marker that like I get to get older and talk about it and my audience gets to get older with me while young people still find me and find me relatable. I want to look up to someone who's attractive. So thank you for saying that. And congratulations on your son. Um, I don't know what it's like to have a boy. It seems weird. I have friends who have it boys and it's just, a different, it's just a different thing. But the point is you got the baby you wanted and I'm very happy for you. Yeah, sorry, I'm... Uh, flew over LA yesterday. It's, there's so much, it looks like Baghdad. Like there's just, it's just brown smog, no trees. It's so gross and expansive. Anyways, I think it's uh, really getting to me today. Oh, it's real hard. Well, I'm off to become a New Zealand national. I got my visa, (laughs) got my visa this time. No problems there. And um, if you were at the shows in Hawaii, thank you for coming out. If you were on those bases in Japan, it was an honor to perform for you guys. It will not be my last USO show. Uh, highlight of the trip, should have said this was the top, was uh, getting to take uh, a Huey, a helicopter, over downtown Tokyo. And it was really oh. cool. And then there was like a problem, not with the engine, but one of the gauges, which is not a big deal, wasn't working. And they're like, we're just going to turn around. And it was a guy and a girl helicopter pilot. And like, of course, they're the most capable. But I was like gripping the seatbelt. <laughs> I was like, I cannot die being impaled on Tokyo Tower. So that was great, though. They took great care of us. And uh, I come to you jet lagged, but enthusiastic. And we love your questions. If you are nervous about writing in, don't be nervous. We always love a follow up. And we love you guys. And remember, remember the old adage. Stay in your home, you're doing okay. Go to the east side. You got no trees. Got no fucking trees. Let's fucking go. Let's 
Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.